Greetings, now I bring you. The Evil Chocolate Cookie Podcast. Good morning, humans. I'm back. (laughs) This is the Evil Chocolate Grab Bag. It's been a while. Today, I'm just going to cut to the chase. Today, we are here to talk about Jeopardy Masters. Because... The tournament just finished up this past week, and oh my god, was it ever crazy. So, before we get into what happened in the tournament, I just want to explain kind of the format. So, six of pretty well the top players came back to compete against each other. Ten episodes, twenty games. We started with six, then there were four, then there were three, and then somebody won. Basically, the format, you had... Oh, gosh, I don't know the exact numbers. Uh, 14? Let me think. 14 quarterfinals, uh, four semifinals, and two finals, I think is how it broke down, because 10 episodes, 20 games. If I'm wrong, you can correct me, and I will, you know fix it somehow. Not sure exactly how I'm going to fix it, but I'll fix it. But I think that's the way it broke down. Before I get too much further in, I just want to issue a spoiler warning for anyone who hasn't seen it yet, because it is on Hulu. You can watch the whole tournament on demand right now. At least it should still be on Hulu. But basically what happened is they had two games per episode, because it was in primetime, hosted by Ken Jennings. Each episode was an hour long. And our contestants, we had James Holzhauer, Amy Schneider, Matt Amodio, Matea Roach, Sam Buttry, and Andrew He. And out of those six, I'm okay with five of them. Just This is a little bit of my personal thoughts here, but I don't know if Andrew just reminds me of somebody I can't stand or what it is, but the guy gets under my skin. He's gotten under my skin since the first time he was on the show, before we even knew anything about Amy Schneider. I mean, the guy just gets on my nerves. I don't know why. It's not anything to do with play style or anything like that. Like I said, I'm guessing maybe he just reminds me of somebody I don't like or something. I don't know. He just gets on my nerves. Which is kind of unfortunate because I do have to admit that he's a good player. I don't like it when, you know, the the good ones get on my nerves and I can't exactly root for them. So, tip, if you get on my nerves, yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna be in your cheering section. <laughs> Sorry. But those are the people we had playing. And my early prediction was that James Holdtower, because of his play style, was just going to steamroll the whole lot. I was slightly wrong in that because, well, he did, he lost a round to Matt in the quarterfinals. And Matea kind of gave him a run for his money in the finals. I will, I will say that much. But overall, yeah, he pretty much flattened anyone he was up against. But he he didn't have, you know, a perfect run. He didn't flatten everybody. Like, all the time. 
I I joked that his middle name should be Steamroller because everyone was getting flattened. <laughs> I have to wonder how he does it. See, I didn't get to see a whole lot of his original run when it aired because my TV provider at the time had a really sucky app that went through this huge phase of being inaccessible and, yeah, it always had bad timing when it would do that. But everyone else I've seen play, I had seen play, I watched their runs. I really wanted Matea to win because... Well, why not? Matea is just one of those super awesome players that also seems like a super awesome human. So, good all around. And I honestly expected Amy Schneider to do a little bit better than she did. I expected her to at least make the semifinals, but... The the tournament really threw us all for a loop. Just some of the ways that the chips fell. Poor Sam couldn't get far at anything. I felt so bad for him because he's he's such a funny, a funny person and a good player. I I like it. But the tournament was kind of full of twists. I mean, some of the matches were just crazy. Like James and Matt. Oh my god. That, had James made a smarter wager, that could have gone to a tiebreaker. It really could have. What hurt James in that round is, I mean, he he did make the right call. Because he was in a tie with Matt at the end of Double Jeopardy, so he had to do something stupid. Well, what I would consider to be stupid. I consider it stupid, and yet I do it all the time on the Echo version, but it's still not the best play most of the time. So he had to wager everything in final in that round, and it came back and bit him in the patootie because he missed the question. But he really didn't have a choice. I I do have a tendency to gripe at contestants, even though they can't hear me, if they make a dumb wager. <clears throat> James. <clears throat> I think it was I think it was in one of the quarterfinal matches. James had like 51,000 plus points and decided instead of being silly like he usually did to actually try to play the game and make a really dumb wager and it cost him most of his points and I'm like, "Are you serious?" He still came out with enough to win, but that was that was just such a dumb wager. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> I'm trying to watch people's strategies and learn from them, and I think I'm learning a lot of what not to do in the wagering department. I'm telling you guys, if I ever get to the point where I have a runaway game and I just they give us the category and I know it's not one of my strong suits, I'm going to wager 404 and write what is answer not found. I, I promise you I'm going to do it. I'll only do it if it's a runaway game, but I'm going to do it. Sorry I got off on a tangent there, but this tournament, if, I'm hoping they make this an annual thing and the way they were talking, they're going to, but it was definitely epic, and let me tell you something, those finals were crazy, I thought Matea had James for a minute, had it not been for, you know, incorrect response and a wager that was slightly too big, yeah, James wouldn't have won that tournament. 
I I had it pinned down, you know, just predictions based on James's play style that it was going to be James, but I didn't actually expect to be right. I don't think I've ever correctly picked the winner of a tournament. Ever. Not even when we had the Tournament of Champions last fall and we did fantasy brackets. Oh my god, that was so much fun. Yeah, let's just say my picks fell very short at that point in time because I picked the contestants I liked and most of them didn't get very far. Anyway. But Masters as a whole, I liked. Like, the the gameplay structure was kind of awesome. Well, it wasn't kind of awesome. It was super awesome. Just the way they ran things. The one thing I don't entirely agree with was the way they did the scoring. I feel like instead of doing 3-1-0 as far as match points, they should have done 3-2-1. Or maybe 5 for first place, 3 for second, and 1 for third. Because, you know, third place not getting anything, that did kind of bother me. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not exactly okay with that. Because, I mean, yeah, they've made it, they've done well enough to get there. But if you stick somebody that may be having an off day in a game with James Holtzauer, well, yeah, they're going to, they're going to struggle because James doesn't share the buzzer. And they're going to struggle because they're having an off day anyway, so it's it's going to be problematic. And I think they, if they're going to be stuck in third place, they at least deserve to get something. But that's me speaking as a hopeful future contestant. And somebody who, you know, likes to see everyone get at least something for their effort. I mean, yeah, they they all took home a fair amount of change. As, as we like to say, they all took home a fair chunk of change. But I feel like the scores could have been very different had third place gotten a match point. Um, the Daily Double reveal, I don't know what to think about. I never knew where they were because I didn't turn on audio description. Even if there's a Jeopardy tournament that does offer audio description, I don't use it. Because it's Jeopardy. It doesn't need audio description. At least that's the way I feel about it. So the only thing I was hearing when they were revealing the Daily Doubles is beep beep. Which I thought was kind of cool. I liked that. Oh, and that t- that reminds me of something else I liked. They always, at the beginning, they did a recap of the previous games, the previous day's games. And when they were transitioning into today's episode, they did the little thing that they used to do to reveal the categories. I love that. I miss that sound so much. That was one of my favorite sounds when I was little. So much so that I actually have it on my phone as an available ringtone. I have that. I have the round over sound. Of course, I have the daily double. I have the think music. I think the only ones I don't have are the newer board reveals and the uh, pling 
that they play when they reveal the final Jeopardy category and the clue and that kind of stuff. I don't think I have those. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're not here to go over my ringtone collection. But yeah, I feel like if they made some minor tweaks to the way match points were handled, that, you know, it could definitely make for a more interesting gameplay in the future. Um, the Daily Double thing I'm okay with because I can ignore it. Like, I don't, I can say personally, I don't want to know where they are. I like to be surprised. But because Ken doesn't come out and just say, oh, for those of you at home, the Daily Double is here, I can ignore it. And it doesn't bother me. I just get beeped at and I'm I'm good. Then again, I'm also in training to be a contestant, so I wouldn't know where the daily doubles were in advance if I was actually playing, so I don't want advance notice of them in this situation either. But some people may like it, and I'm not going to judge them for that. I just, I don't see a use for it. I can, I can tune it out. They can leave it alone if they want to. Uh... What I do think would have been super cool, too, is if they'd made, like, a fancy music package for it. I know they made one for the National College Championship, and, frankly, the think music sucked. We've never really talked about that here, but I'm just going to put that out there. The think music sucked. But I feel like they could have made, like, some kind of super awesome music package for Masters, maybe based off the greatest of all time. Because I, th- I feel like that would have been kind of epic. But just some minor tweaks, I think, should be made to the format and some of the stuff. And aside from that, I really have no issue with the tournament itself. Like I said, one of the contestants this year was, you know, someone who got on my nerves. That was my only real issue, was that guy drove me crazy. But that's okay. Because that's just my opinion and a lot of people probably don't share it. Um, I think that's really all I've got to say on this subject today. I just wanted to let you guys know that I'm still alive and, you know, talk about Jeopardy Masters a little. Share my thoughts, kind of explain what the tournament was like, give some highlights. Um... We all know James won. That's pretty common knowledge by now. But I I just wanted to touch base and talk about that a little bit. And probably the next thing I make for you will be a WWDC recap. If I don't have any creative ideas between now and June 5th, that'll be the next thing you see from me. So... Like my co-host and I like to say, uh, in the words of the one and only Bob Barker, remember to get your pets spayed or neutered and help control the pet population. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Evil Chocolate Grab Bag. If you'd like to contact me or support me, you can do that in a number of ways. First, 
If you'd like to contact me, you can do so via Twitter, Instagram, Clubhouse, and on the Good Pods Network at EvilCookies98. Via email at TheEvilChocolateCookie at gmail.com. Via Skype, searching for The Evil Chocolate Cookie. And via Discord at the Evil Chocolate Cookie number 4569. If you would like to support what I do, you can do that via listener support on this podcast or via Patreon at patreon.com slash the evil chocolate cookie. One time donations are also possible at streamlabs.com slash the evil chocolate cookie one. Adding slash merch to the end of that URL will take you to the merch shop where you can get your own goodies. My other content can be found on YouTube at The Evil Chocolate Cookie, at twitch.tv slash The Evil Chocolate Cookie, and on TikTok at The Evil Chocolate Cookie. Thank you for listening, you're the best, and don't be evil. <laughs>